This is the Happy Dev Podcast with me, James Brooks. This week, I'm speaking to Freik van der Harten. Freik is one of the most prolific and productive developers in the PHP world. As co-owner of Spartsy, a web development company in Antwerp, Freik and his company have created and maintain over 250 different packages and counting. In the last couple of years, Freik has also released Oh Dear, Flare, and will be releasing MailCoach very soon. He also co-organizes the Full Stack Europe conference with Dries Vince. Freik, what does your life look like outside of all of that coding? Um, well, there there is a life outside coding. I'm, I'm glad you assume that because some people don't assume that. Some people even might say that I have a time machine in my basement, but I can assure you I have not. I think the, the biggest hobby outside of my uh, my coding work, and I shouldn't call it a hobby, but yeah, it's basically like family life. I have uh, two little kids, I have a girlfriend, and I spend a, a lot of time uh, with them as well. Um, as for hobbies, I also play in a band. Uh, I've been in bands, I think, for my entire life. Um, I think I started with my first one when I was 16 and I'm 40 now. So doing doing pretty well in that regard. And yeah, we, we rehearse like one time a week. Something I, I also like outside of that is playing board games. So regularly uh, some of my friends gather around and we play like these heavy European uh, board games where you have to read the rules for like two hours before uh, to get started. Is that Brass Birmingham by any chance? Sorry? Is yeah, that Bra- Brass yeah. Birmingham? Yeah, yeah, we played Brass Birmingham this weekend at the PHP Benelux uh, conference. So Benjamin Eberle of Tideways uh, brought his copy uh, with him. And yeah, we had a lot of fun uh, playing that game. It was a heavy game as well. So first a lot of rules and then, then the playing part. But I enjoy reading the rules as well. So... I I think those are like the the big parts. Oh, and I also like traveling, uh, which I yeah have done a lot the past few years with uh, with conference speaking. So there is also a lot of time invested in that. But in my free time, um, like you might um, lo- like you might think, I yeah I also code because I just like doing it. What instrument do you play? I mainly play guitar. I've uh, had guitar lessons uh, when I when I was younger. I think one year or two year. But we're a little bit in an experimental band, so everybody do, does a little bit of everything. So we're not a performing band. Um, we basically have a recording studio set up in our rehearsal room, so we record stuff and we. Uh, we do experimental stuff, and in that regard, I sometimes I play the drums, sometimes do a little bit of vocals. And my two friends, uh, where I'm in that band with, they also switch around. But mainly, when it, when when we go uh, and do a live set, I play the guitar mostly. And now we get down to the deeper questions. What was your first experience with mental health? I think my first. Um, awareness of that mental health could be a thing uh, came quite late I think Um, I think the first time I really thought about this 
was I think only like six or yeah six or six years ago. At I found myself at Larkon Europe in Amsterdam, and there was a, a talk by I don't know her name or first name anymore. Um, how is she called? I think her last name was Rose, and she taught and she talked about mental health uh, for developers and what what the issues are. And I still remembering at the time, huh? I've never had a problem with this before. Yeah. <laughs> guess, guess I'm lucky. So she t- she t- uh, uh, talked about uh, imposter syndrome and feeling a little bit uh, feeling a little bit down or stretched out, and all the yeah. reasons uh, behind that and the scientific explanations uh, behind that. And yeah, I I was I was thinking, hmm. I'm very lucky, and it's only in the in the years after that that I started recognizing some of the things that she said uh, with uh, with myself, like uh, imposter syndrome became a thing slowly, yeah. but uh, but surely. Uh, I also started talking to some people uh, about that with uh, with some peers, and I see and I see now that they have it too. So. Yeah, I think my awareness of mental health issues for developers yeah, came rather late. I've been developing for yeah, almost 20 years now. And only in the last five or six years, I became aware of that this could be an issue. Yeah, it's really important as somebody who um, is so well known in the community and people look at you and you're producing 250 plus packages, three different services, you run Spartsy conferences, like you know your stuff, but yet you still um, have imposter syndrome and self-doubt and whatever. And I think it's really important that people who maybe aren't as well-known or as experienced as you know that that's okay. Yeah. It's uh, that's imp- that's an important fact that uh, that you raise um, the fact that that it's okay to have that you that you don't need to feel ashamed uh, for this at all. Yeah. Um, how how can I say this? Um, I, for me, it was a process too of uh, allowing me to feel that you know. For me, it's some periods I'm very productive, and in other periods I'm less productive. Yeah. And now I know that I don't have to feel guilty or, or think uh, I'm anything less in those uh, in those periods with lesser activity because yeah, that's normal. But that that takes a while to uh, to uh, yeah to to accept that. Yeah. How come you? Didn't or have you ever, have you given it any thought as to why you didn't experience those kind of issues previously? I think it has something to do with getting well known in a in a community. Uh, I'm um, I'm more of an introvert kind of guy, mm-hmm. and I've been up until my mid thirties or something. I was very happy in that role. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still are, I'm, I, I, I still, I'm very okay with being, uh, um, being an introvert a bit. But sometimes, 
yeah, being recognized in the community forces me a little bit out of that role. Yeah. And that brings me sometimes a little bit of balance. When yeah, people say things, yeah, you've done so much and uh, and you're like a great coder. Inside, I think ah, I'm just doing what I what I find fun, and I'm not going to say that uh, I produce um, uh, bad code. But I think yeah, there are people that can do it better as well. I would call myself medi- mediocre. That's more that's maybe the Belgian way of of saying uh, of, of 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 thinking a bit. Belgians in in general are a little bit modest, and I find myself <laughs> a little bit modest as well. You're definitely but I, on the modest side, there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I think, yeah, being yeah forced in like a little bit of a pub, in a public role, yeah, made me have those feelings more. It's it's also yeah not only uh, because of like the the status you're getting, but um, while I was building up that whole open source thing, I um, started public speaking as well. I went to conferences. So I saw a lot of people more as well. And yeah, if if you're getting able to speak at something like Larcon US, yeah, you're suddenly in a room with like top tier programmers. And then you get the feeling like, is this really the place for me to be? You know, it's fun to be there. It's exciting to be there. But still, you have that feeling. Mm, did I deserve this to to be here? You know. <laughs> Do you feel like you sometimes just kind of muddle along and like you just throw code? Yeah. And if it sticks, then that's great. Yeah. It doesn't ex- necessarily mean it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I I want to. Uh, I always wanted to to produce good code, but I don't know if it will be useful in the end. You know. I've been looking. I've been lucky that most of the things people like. But I think for every popular package or for every every good function that I wrote, there is also a bad function <laughs> or an unpopular one as well. So, so it's it's not that yeah everything that I do turns gold. Uh, that's cer- certainly not not the case. Uh, There's a lot that the world doesn't get to see. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, you and your company have created many, many packages. Yeah. How is it that you and your company stay so productive? Um, that's a that's a very good question. Um, I think it it has a couple of reasons. Um, I think the first one is very simply because we schedule time for open source in our company. Everybody gets like um, half uh, half a day a week to work on open source, and you shouldn't see that like uh, like a strict limit. Sometimes people don't do any open source, and they save it a little bit up until until they feel they have a good idea and just spend it all uh, in one go. So I think that we structurally make the time for this is uh, is one of the reasons, and it's yeah I think it's also a little bit ingrained in in our culture that we want to help the ecosystem because the ecosystem has helped us so much. You know, we're only a very small company. We're only with with ten people. Um, we're getting. 
a little bit, we're getting known internationally through our, our open source work. And that's the, that's the benefit we get. That's the benefit we get there. Not only as a company, but as, as individuals as well. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot of you are going on to do talks. Yeah, yeah, and, indeed. And conferences, yeah. Yeah, I think I push everybody a little bit. I hope not not too hard uh, to do that. So, um, because I think that's also a good way of uh, bringing value to, uh, to the community. And when I push people, I mostly don't do it for like uh, our company, but also just really for for the persons themselves because i see that as a as a nice way way to grow you know yeah a, a personal development yeah. opportunity yeah indeed indeed um and for me personally yeah i just like coding so i do a lot of it in the evening as well because i just like tinkering with stuff and just writing out stuff you know yeah um when i have something in my head i really want to to push it out and i think what uh what works really well for me is that i for my personal hobby open source projects i just focus on one thing i can't work on multiple packages or multiple things in one time so whenever i have an idea i just follow through with it that's a little bit my secret sauce i don't have <laughs> I don't have many like lingering projects that I want to do something with. I have maybe like a list with some ideas, but I don't have like ideas where I started on and I discard them. I don't do that. So you don't when find yourself going down a rabbit hole then. So if you're working on say mail coach and then you are writing a, a, a like a service or whatever do you find yourself ever focusing on that one bit and then making that an open source project or do you just focus on mail coach as a product mail like, mail coach is a little bit of a special case because it started as an open source project um for people that don't know mail coach will be like a self-hosted newsletter solution and i mainly build it for uh for me personally because i have a personal newsletter myself i have problems with my current solution and i thought i'll just replace it myself because you know i don't want to work with this crappy software i can do this better it's and the I thought, developer's curse isn't it yeah <laughs> indeed <laughs> the thing that i'm working now on is just the same just scratching my own itch but yeah i was working on this in in the evening and normally i i, I think i would do it only with like the cli i there wasn't a plan to build any ui because mm-hmm. I'm not good in building UI. But then I talked with uh, with my colleagues and my business partners about it, and they believed like, hey, this could be like a very nice painting as well. I shouldn't we have like a beautiful UI to go with that? And with that, we we, we, uh, we took it out of open source and it, uh, it became like a paid project. Um, so that that was very nice. So I could yeah work on it on company time as well. Um, we're going to release this uh, in in the next few days or so. And during development, I was yeah very happily doing the work to to make it grow and to to see it to see it evolve. But there's always some doubt like. 
um, yeah, is this really a good idea to to sell this? You know, there's some nagging feeling like it started as open source. I already also I already nagged some people about this. Is this really okay that I that I make it paid? Some sort of a, of, a, of a guilt feeling like like I've abandoned the open source, the big open source way. You know, it's a weird <laughs> conundrum, really, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. In other industries, if somebody did something, like, like an artist, say, if mm-hmm. they're making a project, on, uh, like an art piece, then they would want to sell that work. Yeah. And yeah, yet, as developers, we're just like, ah, we should just give that away because yeah, why it's, not? It's, it's totally the, the reversal. You know, I if, uh, if I release... Uh, a lot of things for free and then I make something paid and then I feel a little bit guilty about it. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's really strange. As, as opposed to in, in indeed music where like a band like Radiohead, that's at the top of my head now, they release like paid albums and they, they've released one for free in Rainbows, I believe. And everybody was like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this well, can't be true. <laughs> you don't know how to run a business, clearly. <laughs> yeah, what's this? But, that, but that's the thing, though. Spartzi is a business that and businesses need to stay um, afloat by selling things, don't they? And and so there's nothing wrong with selling it. And it, and it clearly, something like Mailcoach and Flair and Oh Dear, they've all got value to other businesses. Yeah. So it. it it's just the way it works. It's weird that we that we find that a strange concept, but yeah, it's just business one hundred and one, really. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah, it's. I think it also has something to do with. How can I put this? I feel like if I'm releasing open source things, I'm doing stuff to like stay stay relevant in the community. Like there's some sort of weird um, obligation or so to stay relevant. And it also took me a while to know, hey, it's also fine not doing things, you know. There has been a period where I just release stuff, uh, packages like one a week or two or or two uh, or uh, one per two weeks which was like crazy i don't know if i ever can do that now i really like the, the that i'm a little bit more relaxed in this now so day down so what what does a typical day look like for you um there, the, some days are not like other days. <laughs> so on a on a Monday, that's probably a bit um, the day where we do all loose ends and we try to do all meetings on a Monday so they don't interrupt our work uh, a little bit later. So um, First up in our week is like our planning's meeting where we uh, at Spasi, so we decide on on what we are what we are going to do, and I think uh, the rest of the day is like solving like little issues, um, maybe do a couple of meetings, and the Monday is just doing stuff like that, and the the next days, yeah, for me personally, I try to stay focused. On, on just one thing. So I work on the, the project I'm 
I'm uh, I'm invested in for the couple of uh, for the po- couple of past months that for me was was a male coach, and uh, when when I try to stay focused, uh, I I don't watch any mails or Telegram or Slack at all. Those applications uh, they stay close. Is that for the duration of the day, the week, or like? That's maybe for the duration of uh, of, of of a block of where I want to be focused uh, in. Yeah. Um, I also have all notifications are turned turned off. That's just always. But okay. I go check in my programs manually if there was something coming in for my interests, and I do that like uh, two or three times a day or something. Uh, and I feel like that works pretty well for me because if I would turn on every notification, I really would have a mental health issue then, I think. Uh, so so I don't do that. But of course, in, in those periods, uh, I get questions by some of my colleagues and I'm always uh, always happy to help. Yeah. If I really want to stay in the zone, I, I put my headphones on. So we have like these noise cancellation headphones uh at our office uh, we bought them for for everybody and yeah, i consider those as like an essential uh work instrument yeah uh, just to because we have we only have a small small office and sometimes you have to be able to escape the conversations and the noise and that's like the perfect way of uh, of doing it um and yeah those are basically like the the two types of of days uh that i have so I think my, uh, my my trick is not to try to switch between projects too much, to just try to do everything focused in one block and all the little things, we try to group them. Uh, and for us, that's on a Monday that we do yeah. that. Yeah. So Sparsi, do you have um, different clients or now that you've got different services do you split your time on that or are you all focused on the services how, how does that work well um unfortunately those services aren't big enough to sustain to sustain the whole company yet that's okay. uh that's the dream that will one day get there but we have uh a couple of big clients that we're working actively uh now for so with Spassi, we used to have like uh a lot of smallish clients that have like projects for like a week or two weeks just punching out uh, the the website and those were like mostly promotional kind of websites but through the open source work yeah we were getting a little bit known for our coding skills as well and people with bigger projects uh, they came to us and yeah right now I think we're working on 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 a project or there's a project now just finished that took us I think nine months or something oh wow, so okay. we're starting something up that'll take us probably a year and another one that'll take us probably two years so do you have one big client at a time or are you kind of like a, a um, is there a one client that runs through like that time and then you work on fixes and feature requests from from other clients or is no it most kind of- mostly we split our teams into smaller teams that work on those on those projects uh, right. uh together at the same time so we have like two or three bigger client projects working at the same time okay and our plan is also to be working on a service on a product always at the time as well yeah 
so that's a that's a little bit uh, the thing and uh, the hope is that if uh if for instance mail coach is a is a commercial success that we can use those uh those income to build like the next uh the next thing that we that we want to release but it's it it also feels safe because if all of the products will fail and there's no income at all the the clients are enough to sustain us yeah so you've always got that as a safety net it's really the dream of just working on our own stuff because it's it's so much fun to do to be to be in control yeah even though you're you're your own boss anyway because you're running sparsy like you are by running your own projects you are still your own boss there's no one telling you to do anything which is a nice change, yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. That's uh, that's indeed fun. It's it's not like it's not like uh, being my own boss. Like uh, like kids think. Like now I can run around and play and do everything. But uh, being my own boss, the, the the fact that I like best is that yeah, in in accordance with my other business partners, of course is that I can just mold the company in something where I want to work myself as yeah. well, you know, where we have like a, um, we, we stress that our environment should be very calm, that everybody should be happy, where everybody knows each other, uh, each other well, where everybody can have personal growth and everybody feels safe, uh, where everybody can just say what, uh, what is there. Um, People, uh, some of my colleagues laughingly um, refer to me as the manager or as the boss, but they do it in a in a laughing way, hopefully. And uh, I hope, but and and I also still think that uh, most of of my colleagues, if there's something uh, that they're struggling with, they they can tell me, and I can yeah. can do. Um, and I can can do something uh, about that. So I see my role more as like a peer that helps my colleagues as peers, and not as like the boss or or manager above. Yeah, I was going to say there's a couple of things I wanted to pick up on there. One yeah. is that you refer to your essentially your employees, but as your peers, yeah, and your colleagues, which I think is a big distinction from employees. They are equals and team. And yes, you're the boss and you're responsible for them, but day to day, they're still your peers. Yeah. I, I like, I think that's quite a big distinction and important one as well. Um, and then secondly, I was going to ask about, um, Sparcy's view on mental health, but I guess just to take it that a little bit further, you had said about it being a calm and happy, uh, environment and somewhere where people can come up, come up and say something, whether it may be positive or negative. Yeah. How does that um, kind of differ from other com- companies? Um, well, I've been in Spassi now for so long. <laughs> I, I actually don't know how other companies do this. I think for for us it's very organic. There isn't like a procedure or something, or yeah. like there's there's nobody pointed as like you're the responsible for for mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I just keep re- keep repeating it um, when I when I talk to people, and we also have uh, 
like these um, evaluation moments, uh, we call it, uh, half yearly, where we yeah. not uh, and we uh, evaluate in both ways. Uh, are you still happy in your workplace? Is our we as the boss, I'm I'm doing quotes here, uh, still still happy, are still happy with you. So it goes both ways. And there we, I always stress like if there's something, don't wait for these moments. Just come up to me, and yeah. uh, and say so. And yeah, I feel that everybody just takes that to heart. So it's it's pretty organic uh, how that uh, how that goes. Do you do any like mental health days or anything like that? If you're um peers are having a particularly stressful day or yourself do you maybe not go into the office do you just take a day off or or would that be a holiday day how does that kind of work i think we don't have that yeah ingrained in our working just yet yeah um people can take uh, can take a, a day off and they can uh ask it fairly um uh, short ahead of of where of where that is, and yeah. I think that mitigates the problem a bit. But to be honest, I haven't thought about mental days, uh, mental health days, uh, too much. I've heard of the of the idea before, and I should give it some more thought, really, to see if we can improve our working there a little bit. But again, here, yeah, what what we do now, yeah, it's pretty organic. Uh, it's just yeah people are allowed to just take a take a day fairly short amount of notice before i think mental health days are great but they they can be very hard for a company to integrate properly um mm-hmm. because it, it is a very delicate balance of being able to take those days but also having that kind of conversation around it as well so i think i want to stress that there's nothing wrong with not having that as a company obviously but that it's a lot easier to say and than it is to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was just, just but, curious. Yeah, but it's good that you um, that you that you mentioned this. I'll um, I'll make a point of it of, of coming of coming back to this uh, at at my company uh, to to see if we can do something uh, about uh, about if there's something that needs to be done uh, about yeah. this. Uh, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah, there might not there might not be any kind of need for that. Like you say, you've already got the um, short like holiday requests anyway. So like you say, it's mitigated, but it's definitely worth taking a look. Like you say, yeah. Yeah. For, for ideas like this, I, what we mostly do is just go, is there's throw them in, in the group um, and see whatever people want. And that's something we do regularly. Uh, Just if we're unsure about should we do this shouldn't we do this we just decide as a group if we are going to do this or not and that that works really well for us uh i like that and people aren't scared of saying no to an idea either there that's an important part of having that culture isn't it yeah i'm i'm having the feeling that everybody just can say whatever whatever they want and i appreciate that as well uh yeah i i also stress that's that's also a part of like feeling safe you know just asking questions, making remarks without it having any consequences. You know, I, I think I think that's very important that that uh, that it is possible in a company. So earlier you mentioned that you turn off all of your notifications and then you go yeah. and check it periodically, which I think is a really good idea. Um, I yeah. am forever being distracted by a notification 
<laughs> so like when well, recording this I have to turn everything off but then they all go back on afterwards um, yeah. do you think that that is your biggest secret to being successful and happy is turning off all that noise um, it certainly is a part of it um, I think it has been said a lot of times in our communities in our community before. I think focus is really key, being able to focus. Mm-hmm. And whatever helps you to get focus is is a good thing in my way in, in my book. So for me what what helps is just doing all notifications away at a company having those um, noise cancellation headphones is uh, the, their goal is to to heighten to heighten focus. I try to not to do too much stuff uh, together. I just am, yeah, monomatic, um, a monomaniac when I when I got an idea. Mm-hmm. That's that's also focus. So I would would really say that like yeah, focus is really the key of of getting things done. Yeah. Do you ever do any work from home days, or do you solely focus best on these projects at work and then tinker at night? <sighs> It's it's a little bit of a combination. So uh, I've I've got home days. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly I I work from home one day in a week. Sometimes sometimes two, and everybody in our company is allowed to do that. Okay. And for me personally, I like the mix a little bit. I wouldn't want to work from office the entire time. I wouldn't wouldn't work work from home yeah. the entire time because that that brings. Like you maybe know its own set of problems yeah. Uh, with yeah. it. Working from home all the time, like I have to get out of the house and go and work in Starbucks, or, which is just, like we're down to one car. My wife has that to get to work. So if I can walk mm. there, I will walk and, and spend a couple of hours out of the office, even though I'm not talking to anyone and I'm still working on whatever it, I'm working on. Having those people around me is quite refreshing yeah you need that right yeah. i yeah. If, if you stay in your home the entire time it's just am i still part of this world yeah. i'm still necessary here you know I, yeah. i've uh in the beginning days of spasi i've worked like a half a year from home and really home because there was no office yeah and yeah it was just okay i'm sitting behind my computer okay work day is done okay i'm behind my computer <laughs> so no that that isn't good you know yeah uh it's not that i didn't uh, didn't go out at the time but it's still you know you you can't talk to people the whole day there's like nothing happening outside of things in your computer and i was really glad that uh, that i went back to an office uh, again so i definitely think that uh working from home is something that isn't meant for everybody mm-hmm. um I'm, we have a dog and she'll come and sit on my lap while I'm working sometimes. And, and that's nice kind of contact. <laughs> yeah. Just being able to get out and, and know that you need to take those breaks is important. Um, but also on the flip side, having work now work from home all of the time, I, I would find it harder to go back to working in an office full time as well. So it, yeah, yeah, it comes, it's, it's full of pros and cons. It, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And I think, I, for me personally, it's the best of both worlds if I can just, yeah, have them both, you know? Yeah, for because sure. Because at the office, I have contact with my colleagues. I learn stuff with uh, uh, from my colleagues. Um, not only professionally, but, but personally uh, as well. 
um, I'm able to to focus at the office. Not as good as when I'm working at home because at home I yeah I'm very dedicated to my work, so I'm I'm not distracted by by <laughs> by like a PlayStation that that is there or other things I need to do. I really am able to perform really good good at home. How does that work with the kids? Yeah, the kids they uh, they are at school, so okay. <laughs> when, when I'm working, and yeah, after after their school is done, yeah, there's uh, there's really no work for me. Yeah, uh, until yeah, they they go to sleep. I I never try to work when whenever they're they're around. You know, that's that's not the place. Then I'm I'm not saying that it uh, that it never happens, but there aren't really big stretches of time. That's more mostly for oh, I need to take care of this like one minute okay let's just send the mail something like that not focused work um, I find it quite easy to 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 have a balance between that um, so yeah I think working at the office working from home works really well I try to work in the evening sometimes as well um, I try to limit it a little bit because if I really um, would not uh, care about this at all. I would probably just program like six days out of seven because I really like doing it. And there's just a lot of things that that I could still be doing. But I'm trying to yeah, have a balance in that as well, where I just put things in my schedule here. I'm, I'm not going to code, I'm going to do something else. Um, and I think that's important to to have a little bit of uh, of a mix. Sometimes it's a little bit hard. I'm I find it easy to make time for for other people and for social things, but like for something for myself, like let's say playing video games. When I'm playing video games for myself, I always have the nagging feeling like. Mm, I could work on this a little bit as well, you know? <laughs> yeah. And but and I try to push push that feeling away as well because yeah, playing video games is also kind of important to just focus on something else. Yeah, you know? absolutely. A bit of relaxing time. Even <laughs> yeah, though video indeed. games can be very stressful. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, I've, uh, I've recently picked up a habit of uh, playing like Rocket League. Um, and yeah, it's a fun game, but... <laughs> There's also a lot of shouting involved. And my girlfriend uh, already said, like, you keep, need to have it keep the shouting down. It's not that, like, our bathroom is close to uh, where my computer stands, but she could hear me shouting from, from there. Keep it quiet. Think of the neighbors. <laughs> so that, that, that's fun, too. So uh, You do a lot of public speaking, and... Typically, where there are large audiences involved, so Laracon has seven, eight hundred um, attendees. How do you prepare for something like that? You mentioned earlier about kind of feeling sometimes like, are you the right person to be talking about it? But uh, at the same time, you're the person that submits the proposal for the talk. Uh, how do you get yourself into that mindset of I'm going to do this and eight hundred people that isn't scary? Um, scary. Well, <laughs> yeah, it, it, the the first times it it was really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and even now it is sometimes um, you first asked how how do i prepare how do i do stuff like that mostly for the big conferences i prepare well ahead so yeah. it's like months in advance because otherwise i'm thinking it's always in the back of my head. I'm going to have to speak. I don't know what about. Uh, I won't have a subject. Blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah. Is it going to be good? So I like to prepare it for the for the big ones, uh, months ahead uh, of of the conference. And I take a take a day or a, or a couple of evenings just fleshing out a talk. Yep. And usually that goes that goes pretty fast. Uh, let me think yeah it's just building up like a demo application of the things that i want to want to show because mostly i talk about practical things because i'm like a practical guy i'm not good in like talking about theoretical kind of stuff i for my type of talks i just open up uh php storm and just show you things yeah so that's that's what i focus on uh when preparing and I think after that's prepared, it it just lays dormant. Sometimes I also test it out in the in the local user group. Uh, my friend Tris Vince, he runs the ro- local user group, so yeah, um, mostly uh, yeah, he's able to find a spot for me to to speak. And after that that one rehearsal is done, I feel mostly kind of happy about it if, if it went well and mostly it, it 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 goes well but then like a week ahead before the conference the nerves <laughs> they start again yeah. is it is it really good enough we'll see and then there's a little bit of anxiety but i think on on the day itself that's gone that's just mostly a, a fuck it attitude it'll be good enough <laughs> I can do this. It, it's it's somewhere in between. I can do this and I'll wing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the honesty there. Yeah. Uh, the thing and, is, I guess you know that you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like you say, it's not theoretical. It, it's practical. You can show a solid, concrete example of why yeah. or what it is. So at the end of the day, you're just trying to put words around what it is that you're doing. And I'm, yeah, I'm very much simplifying that. I know, but um, I guess you can just yeah, wing it. You don't need a you don't need a um, a script or anything. A script, yeah. No. And I know some people that do a talk that have just scripted it out. They've uh, rehearsed in a in a mirror, and everything's okay. I used to rehearse in a mirror as well, but like I think that now doesn't really work well for me. Like in a mirror with with my laptop and PHP Storm open, that isn't necessary. But mostly when when I speak, I in the talk itself, uh, like after a minute or a minute or two, autopilot takes over, you know? It's it's really a bit that I'm a spectator myself and that I, I'm in the flow, you know? Um, it, it's, yeah. I can't describe it anything else. It, it is being being automatic, and it is because I've rehearsed it a bit at the user group and before in my head that it just comes out, uh, and usually that that works for me. And after a talk is done, yeah, I always want to do it again, or mostly want to want to do it again. Uh. So my final question for you, Frank: What makes you a happy dev? Ooh, yeah, I knew how you were going to uh, to ask that. 
Um, I think the best days that I have is when I'm in this sort of generous mode. So when I'm generous, generous to to others, when I'm like understanding and patient, not only to others, but to myself as well, when I can just put my self-doubts away, when I can work calmly on something and just stay focused on that and just push all of not push all the worries away but the worries just aren't there for for a period and it's it's not that i'm an unhappy person or something but you always have like stress and 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 things in the back of your mind yeah but every so now and then there is like a day where those things just don't exist and you're just a happy death you know <laughs> and yeah those are pretty magical because it's valuable for yourself it's valuable for for others too and yeah that uh those are really really the best days yeah i i also really like it i should have said it on the podcast that that you're doing this you know because it's it's kind of important yeah thank you i think i don't see like enough I know I don't know another podcast that does it in this way. Just sitting down, just talking honestly, no bullshit. You know, yeah. how is it for you? You know, no theories, just stories from from the real world. I really like that. Uh. And that brings us to the end, Frank. Thank you very much for coming on and joining me and telling your story and sharing some very valuable snippets. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> really appreciate it. Thank you also goes out to our monthly sponsors, Justin Jackson, Rob from 64 Robots, Alex Bowers, and Matthew Davis. Remember that all donations go to different mental health charities. You can find out more on the website. You can also become a sponsor yourself by visiting our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash happy dev. Also, thanks once again to Kaneko for the new artwork. It's looking really, really nice. For now, that's all I have. See you soon.